guys, it's Jessica here. Um, first of all, I just wanted to apologize for being a little absent with the episode postings. Um, life gets crazy and I just need to figure out how to make this more of a priority because I'm getting a lot of good feedback. Um, I'm getting a lot of good, um, a lot of people are listening. And I think it's just a really important conversation that needs to continue um, and is something that is going to continue to to help me help other people, um, whether that's raising awareness um, or showing support to other survivors, <clears throat> whatever that might be. So I apologize for my absence. Um, jumping back in. If you listened to the last episode, um, kind of unpacked the details of the actual assault. Um, so I definitely recommend going back and listening to that. But just to recap, um, kind of where we picked back um, off from is I had just gotten home to my parents' house after the assault. This is very early in the morning. Um, I'm still intoxicated. And the police show up at my parents' house. Um, they kind of, I had briefly fallen asleep in my bed. Um, it was the middle of the night and I was still drunk. So I'd briefly fallen asleep in my bed. And next thing I know, um, Raleigh PD is standing in my doorway and says, Hey, can you come out and talk to us? So we go into the living room. Um, they ask a couple questions. I told them, I said, hey, look, I'm still intoxicated. I really don't want to give any type of statement right now. Um, I really want to sober up and then talk to someone. So I had a fun ambulance ride to the nearby hospital where they gave me some IV fluids. And this is where my story is is so, so different than other women um, and other men is because they did not do the rape kit at the hospital. Um, I don't know whose decision it was to move me to a domestic violence and sexual assault center um, where they have trained nurses to do rape kits um, and the reports um, and investigation. So we moved to a wonderful place um, called Interact in Raleigh. Um, over by Cameron Village off Oberlin and I am going to try not to get emotional but this place really has a special special part of my heart. Um, It's where I was first taken after the assault well actually second taken after the hospital. Me and my mom drove over and followed the police officer there and I only remember a few parts of the rape kit but it was pretty terrible I think I've mostly blocked it out um it probably took an hour two hours to do everything um that they had to do um which included STD testing um checking for any sperm um near me or on me and um it also included documenting pictures of everything so any scrape any bruise um, any marking I had on me was documented with pictures Um, and then I can't remember exactly but I'm pretty sure I took a shower after that or they at least offered one to me but the great thing about going to interact was I there were clothes there there were clothes there, which sounds like, oh, why are you freaking out? There were clothes there. If you 
get a rape kit done in the hospital and you don't have anybody to bring you other clothes, they send you home in like one of those paper robes. And that's just, it's already such a demeaning and upsetting process. Imagine being sent home in a, a paper or a plastic bag, essentially. Um, so I was very fortunate to go to a different clinic because immediately after the rape kit was done, I did sit down with Raleigh police and give my first statement. But because I was at a sexual assault and domestic violence um, center, they immediately offered me services after that, um, getting into therapy with a specific sexual assault counselor, getting me into a support group with other women who have experienced sexual assault or rape. And that's obviously something that's recommended for everyone, probably even by hospitals after a rape kit is done, but it's different when you have the actual people there and the actual building there and the services are right in front of you. So at the time I had already been seeing a counselor um, just separately for depression and anxiety and, you know, teenage things. Um, but she felt like she wasn't qualified to help me through this particular situation. So I started seeing a specialist counselor in sexual assault, um, at Interact. Um, and that was something that they offered totally free of charge to me. Um, and I saw her for probably about two years. Um, shortly after that, I started going to a sexual assault support group with some other women, um, and that was really helpful as well, um, but I'll discuss that more later, um, because I still want to get into the legal aspects of everything. So, basically, and a lot of people don't know this, I've never written about this in my blog, I've only told a couple of people, I really don't think a lot of people know this, um, but the... So I gave my original statement with the Raleigh Police Department the day after it happened. The day after it happened. It was actually the same day. Um, later that day. Later in that morning. And my family had a vacation planned like a week, maybe two weeks after the assault happened. I think it was more like a week. Um, and I remember it being so awkward because like no one in my family knew what to say to me because what are you supposed to say to someone um I'm sorry that happened to you that's about it like what else are you supposed to say and I just remember it being awkward and everyone treating me like I was gonna fall apart or break down at any moment and I remember getting a call before we got home we're still on vacation I was at my grandparents house and I got a call from the investigator and he just, so this is like a week after I gave my first statement, um, called me and said, hey, we're not moving forward with the case. We're not pressing charges because in the state of North Carolina at the time, this was in 2015. So at the time in the state of North Carolina, you can't, could not legally withdraw your consent to have sex. So basically, because I had told this guy that we were going to have sex and that was something that we had agreed on, I'm not allowed to change my mind. 
I'm not allowed to withdraw consent and say no. So legally, in the eyes of North Carolina, at the time, I was not raped. Technically, is what he said to me. And I was obviously like, what are you talking about? That's a law that doesn't even make sense whatever so for those of you that are outraged i have good news um even though it wasn't something that helped me in my case um one of our senators jeff jackson has been working on changing that law uh, because obviously it's stupid and doesn't make sense to anyone and you should be able to withdraw your consent at any time so one of our senators here in North Carolina, Jeff Jackson, um, he actually started working on it in 2015, um, a month before my assault. And it this year in 2020 finally became a law. You can withdraw your consent. So that now is not a problem for people. But at the time for me, that was what stopped the case. And so obviously I was very upset um, about the whole thing and my parents were upset. They didn't understand and it just kind of sucked all around. Well, a little while later, maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month or so, um, because the guy who sexually assaulted me was in the Marine Corps, the NCIS heard and they got involved. So one day I'm just going about my business and the NCIS calls me. How crazy is that? Um, and they said, hey, we heard about what happened to you. We heard that one of our Marines was involved. I don't think what happened was fair. We have um, higher ranking. I believe they have federal ranking, um, which would be above state. And so they decided to press charges, even though the state did not. And so... Because we were moving forward with a court case now, we had so much more to do. Um, I remember the first time the NCIS investigators came to my house. There were two of them. They brought a video camera um, to a, a video camera, I think, um, and a tape recorder to record everything. And... I had to write my statement. Now keep in mind, I had already done all of this for the state of North Carolina. I'm doing it all again and in more depth and detail with the NCIS. They were at my house for several hours while we were trying to do this. Um, and I'm trying to stay as cool and calm, as collected as I can. I remember my mom was working home and she kept like poking her head in and checking in on us. Um, and it was just, it was just terrible. I mean, the people were great. The investigators were really great and awesome. Um, I still talk to some of them this day. Um, they were super, super helpful and, and, and nice about the whole thing. And, but there's only, there's only so much you can do about it because when it comes down to it, it is what it is. And, um, and it sucks to talk about in so much detail. You know, some of the, the questions, for example, of things that were asked were, um, what direction in the room were you facing? Um, what did the carpet feel like on your back? Are you sure it was carpet? What did you smell? Things like that. Um, and it's like, I don't know 
in that moment, my body was in flight or fight mode and I wasn't thinking about how the carpet felt. I wasn't thinking about, well, you know, what direction I was facing and, and, and where the door was in the room. And, and that's just not things that you're thinking about. And so to have people ask you these questions repeatedly, the first thing that comes to your mind, especially in a situation where, where alcohol is involved in the assault, is you start to think, what really happened? What really happened to me? Am I remembering everything clearly? Because you start to go crazy when they ask such detailed questions about what happened because you can't remember. And it's not because it didn't happen. It's because, I mean, you could ask me about a day last week. A day last week when I went to work and did whatever, you could ask me details about that day. I wouldn't have the answers. It doesn't mean that day didn't happen. I just wouldn't have the answers. And so that's the probably the most difficult thing, being a survivor um, and having to go through the investigation side of things is you really, really start to feel like you're going crazy like because you don't remember things clearly. And part of what your body does during a trauma is, is, is can block details out um, and make you forget things because your body's trying to heal and recover and not let you go through that again. Um, but it does start to make you go a little crazy. Um, I am going to take a quick break because I'm getting a little bit emotional um, talking about this. Um, but I do really want to get into... Um, the court case and what that looks like and how that went down. So stay tuned. <laughs> 